Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Eat Sleep Elite back again. And what's going on? You fucking marks! Da Vinci? We are back again with another glorious episode of the pod brought to you by the brothers of Thunder and Rock. We're stealing Jericho's gimmick. <laughs> All right. I like it. It works. Yo, no, no. Jericho's going to cancel me now. All right. Um. Anyway, um... Yeah, so we had some good wrestling this week. There was actually all kinds of wrestling released this week. Like the J J Tribute show was released on uh, Ring of Honor's YouTube channel. I'm assuming that's because Honor Club's not going to be up for a little while. So they were just like, you know what? Let's throw it out for the public to see. Um, yeah, I like that. And we also got the proper J Tribute show, obviously, on Dynamite this week. Um, I mean, I guess it was more or less a tribute. We mostly kind of like a mix. Like, it's kind of like if you look at the last two weeks of Dynamites and combine them into one show, that's the J Tribute show. You know what I mean? Like um realistically yeah. because they could they kind of sort of did one last week but they couldn't really do it and then they did one this week because they could do it but everyone probably thought well we'll have the match and we'll center the match around that but then we'll have a rest of the dynamite be normal which i think was the right decision ultimately because they did actually do a tribute show to go out on honor club all that nonsense aside not that it's really nonsense you know it's just good stuff that they were doing for jay obviously um and we do have a lot of stuff to talk about this week um so just off you know all that craziness so we have we officially have mark briscoe on this week i mean just before we get into everything that that went down this week charlie just hearing that we were going to get mark briscoe on dynamite this week like what was your initial reaction to that i thought that was a really cool thing because we had you know we covered before the drama of warner brothers did not want the briscoe brothers on for their past and and we covered you know it was it was cool that this was able to happen for him and you know, it sounds like Mark Briscoe is going to be he's going to be able to compete on AEW going forward. And, you know, it's representing his family and his, you know, his brother's life in the best way he knows how. And that's in the ring. And we we felt that energy uh, this week for sure. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So just before we get into like what we really like this week, because we always like to start off with a little bit of positivity. If this is the first episode y'all are listening to, there are a couple of things that I want to let you know at the start of this podcast. The first of being that you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, that's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. That's Bane Duke on Twitter for me. You can follow Charlie at oh, Charlie with an X instead of an A. Uh, also, make sure whatever podcast platform that you're listening to this on, be that Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, uh, the, the other podcast platforms that exist out there. Make sure you follow and or subscribe or whatever the version of that on that platform is. So you get a new uh, episode in your feed every week. You just automatically download them and all that stuff, you know. That way you don't miss an episode. And um, speaking of episodes you probably should not have missed, we just recently recorded a review of the Royal Rumble um uh that uh was um i believe available to everyone i'm not exactly sure um, <clears throat> yep yep it is just in the feed like normal i just tagline it as ese mini so absolutely okay so yeah so we had uh so we did that we we decided to peek in at the rumbles to see what our, our good brother cody is doing and uh so on and so forth and uh see how Sami Zayn is uh is is you know managing being surrounded by a bunch of meaty Samoans. Um, and <laughs> and uh, yeah, so if you're interested in that at all, make sure you check that out as well. <clears throat> Should be in your feed as well. But anyway, um, that that is taken care of. Um, oh, I guess there's also, I mean, do we want to still talk about the uh, the sort of Apple podcasting or and whatever? Yeah, I mean, we mentioned it for a uh, 
couple weeks here. Yeah, if you guys are on Apple Podcasts, we are now partnered with the Apple Podcast Connect program. So uh, if you're in that program, um, check us out there. We would uh, greatly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, like for example, our Four Pillars episode, any evergreen content, we'll just debut there first for a week. And then I'll be on everything else. So this is something new we're trying in 2023, and we'll see how it goes. But Absolutely. Yeah. So that being said, um, I don't think there's anything else I need to mention. So we'll just get straight into the show here, which is we'll be starting out with uh, our favorites this week. I believe, Charlie, you have the first poll this week. Yes, I do. And um, again, hey, maybe this is maybe the Royal Rumble review is your first time checking us out. And you're like, I'll check out the weekly show. Uh, Thanks for joining us. So, yeah, we start off with our favorites here, and for me, there's there's two things that really stuck out to me this week, and uh, since I'm going first, I'm going to take the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion, Mark Briscoe, in the main event of AEW Dynamite, defeated Jay Lethal. Uh, this this was a match, honestly, I never wanted to end. This was, this was a really beautiful tribute. There were so many emotions in the ring, and even before the ring, Mark coming out with the tag titles was, was really, that was a fucking hell of a moment right there. Um, Jay Lethal, his face—he was distraught the whole time, and they had a moment in the corner when Jay slapped him, and Mark was like, "Is this how we're gonna do? Is this how we're gonna do this?" He said, "Yeah, that's how we're doing this." And they fucking started beating the crap out of each other. The redneck kung fu was getting over with the crowd. They were eating that up, and then, you know, whether it was the table spot or what, these guys just had such a fun wrestling match, and I think it was just. It, it had a different energy compared to everything else. And I'm glad that we, this was able to happen. I think that's at the bottom line. I'm glad this was able to happen because, you know, going forward, maybe we'll get some more, you know, Mark Briscoe on our TV. And that's always a good sign because and in Ring of Honor, I mean, I'm sure he's going to be wrestling at Death Before Dishonor, right? The show in March. So I would have to think so. Like maybe they'll, they'll uh, have some a previous or new opponent come out and be like, yo, I want to have a match with you or something like that. I don't know. That'd be cool. Just to, Rick, I feel Rick like it would be incomplete was, without the Briscoes on that show. Absolutely. And Rick Abani was so good on commentary. So was Coleman. I mean, it was just really, this was a well done production. And uh, all in all, I thought even after the match, there's, there's the infamous shot now of Mark holding up the two tag titles with the uh, in tribute to Jay Briscoe. That's a one of those shots that's going to live forever in the wrestling world. And then, you know, everyone came out on stage. He ran up, he hugged Christopher Daniels, Roosh, you know, BJ Whitmore, you name it. So I thought, uh, what did you think, Garrett, of this this really emotional main event? And, and let's not even cover it, man. A, a really good wrestling match between Jay Lethal, one of our guys, and Mark Briscoe. Yeah, I think that was the thing that impressed me the most about Mark Briscoe was not just being able to go out and have a match. But to be able to go out and have what I think was actually the, like a really good match, um, it was kind of hard to to pay attention to the good stuff that was going on though because of how much emotion there was in the match. Though, like you said, like the crowd was like so with everything that happened. And the one thing that I noticed throughout the entire match that I couldn't help but like I was just looking at Mark the whole time. Sorry, Jay. I just I was looking at his face because you could just see with everything he did, every move that he hit, every little bump that he took, that he was feeling every bit of the pain of losing Jay. But he was still fighting through all of that to give a good match to the crowd and to the fans and to honor Jay. And I just, that was, it was so hard watching that and realizing 
that that's a true that's what a, i guess you know i don't know if <clears throat> me myself i have the strength to do something like this as a performer but that's a real performer right there they can take that raw emotion and that feeling of just i mean he probably felt exactly how jay looked out there you know um but it was able to mask all of that and put on that sort of briscoe aura and be the tough guy briscoe that everyone needed him to be for that moment um and I saw there was a video uploaded. I, I kind of hope if it wasn't intended to be uploaded that it gets taken down because it's obviously really personal. But there was somebody that recorded the eulogy that he did for Jay at the funeral. And I didn't watch it because I don't have the I, I, I don't think I could have made it through that video without crying, probably. But uh, that this guy has the strength to be the rock for everyone when he just lost his best friend in the world, I'm sure, and his brother, you know? Like, yeah. I, unbelievable and, and i believe they live streamed the the funeral for for everyone so that's a really okay cool they thing. might have just re-uploaded that for people just to see that bit okay fair yeah. enough but the guy did like a 20 minute speech about his brother and i'm sure it was incredible but i just I, it's gonna be too emotional for me to watch uh because i just you know but uh yeah just more, i'm beyond impressed with mark briscoe i i really hope that this isn't the last that we see of Mark Briscoe. Like I, you said. I hope that too. And I don't think it will be. I, I that redneck Kung Fu and the way they were calling it. I mean, that was some good stuff, man. That, and he's, he's got such a likable energy that I think he's going to be a natural baby face. And I think Mark Briscoe is going to live on in the wrestling world for a long, many years to come. And I hope so. I hope so. Because... I mean, how great would this be now? This is just me spitballing. Okay. If, uh, Maybe he's doing a little bit of a run here in uh, AW or ROH, and when FTR gets back, you know, we kind of get an emotional moment between them, and maybe they run a little trios action together. We've always been looking for that third member to go with FTR, and after the trilogy of matches those guys had last year, I mean, the chemistry's there. Everyone would buy oh, into yeah. it. A hundred percent. So if Punk's not coming back. I mean, I mean, even if Punk is coming back, why not? Yeah, exactly. So that would be really fun stuff. Distance so, FTR and it gives you an excuse to keep him them and FTR further apart. That way they don't have ideas about like leaving maybe, you know? Um, yeah. So um, that being said, what was your favorite this week? Uh, yeah, it's not going to be able to live up to the the level. I don't think that, uh, that Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal got to. I don't think anything could have this week. I think that's kind of why they positioned that in the main event, which originally I disagreed with. I thought that's what we should open up with, but ultimately now i think that was the right move because nothing could have ever followed that you know um that being said though i i nothing had to follow this match because it was the main event of aw rampage this week and that was emmy sakura with balianaki and mesa taking on jamie hater yeah in a women's world championship eliminator match Correct. Um, yep. One, I personally think she should have won so she could get a title shot later but whatever that's in a small i would have been cool with her winning um, but obviously they don't want to beat, beat Hater like two weeks after or like three title defenses in or something. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to do that, but I would have been okay with it. Um, yeah. So we had uh, some, I don't know if this was new music, but some different music for Emmy at the very least, um, which I thought was good. Um, and then we had, uh, obviously the, this is something I asked for forever ago, which was if she's going to ever be on TV, have her bring her crew with her. And Balianaki and uh, Mesa Ruga looked awesome here. They looked like some fucking evil wizards. That was some awesomeness. Um, and so I enjoyed that. 
Um, I also enjoyed how Mesa Ruga just did not give a shit about the rules. <laughs> she did not yeah, care. Right? She will get everyone disqualified and she doesn't care. Um, it was a really hard hitting match. So Hater had said in the promo package that what led up to this match that she was going to learn that Hater hits hard. Um, I think Hater learned that Emmy hits hard. God damn, did she slap the shit out of her to get that started. Yes, she um, did. And then, oh, Emmy actually had a nice spot right before that too where they were between the new barricades and the and the uh, ring, and she sort of ping ponged her with like uh, like short arm drag or short arm like uh, like what, what what do they call that move when they just like Irish whip the Irish whipped her between back and forth between the ring like the edge of the ring the apron if you will and the uh, and the barricades it's I'm it's difficult to explain what she did in words but you get what I mean um, yeah. And she was sort of ping-ponging her back and forth. I'd never seen that. I was like, okay, Emmy Sakura continuing to innovate. Um, oh, dude, the, I loved how this was the first time I've seen women's ma- a women's match where they had chests as red as the men when they slapped the shit at it. Or they, when they how awesome the shit was that? I just love that that was something I got to see because I always thought that's something that would happen, but you just wouldn't be able to see it because of the gear they wear. Nope, if they're hitting each other hard enough, you will fucking know. Um, and that was really fucking cool. Um and I just thought it was a hell of a match by two of my favorite women on the roster right now and maybe the hardest hitting match I've seen in a while and that's saying a lot because we watched the New Japan recently you know so um yeah I just a really great match glad that they included Bali Anaki and Mace Ruga like that would have been a really easy detail to just forget that she has this faction you know over in Choco Pro um and yeah i don't know i'm really interested i hope that this means that emi sakura might get featured on tv more assuming that's probably not the case given history of of how it's gone with her in the past but i don't know man if there was ever a reason for the crowd to now care about emi i think they have it because they saw her go toe-to-toe with probably the toughest woman on the roster at aw at this point i think that's i don't know that's yeah stretch, and, I and i imagine going forward hopefully this is a. Uh... Now we see a different like reaction to Emmy. I mean, Emmy is such a fuck. She's a legend in this business, and I mean, she's she, doesn't she own her own fucking wrestling promotion still? Like, she at least runs it. I don't know if she yeah, runs it. like she probably she, like Emmy Sakura is a fucking wrestling guru, and uh, this match was awesome. Hater hits hard again. It's living up to its name. She is such a fantastic champion, man. I I really really think she's killing it as champion. Um, I will say I remember saying when she was still in the shadow of Brit, that it was really sad that this chick probably should be champion and she's not going to be anytime soon. And boy, I was glad to be wrong about that because holy shit, I would never have told you that this would have been what would it have been like. I just thought I really liked her wrestling style and thought it worked well with some of the yeah, other women and, on the And we've been talking and, about how much we've liked Emmy on Dark and it's nice to see her get this spotlight, take advantage of it, this is validating for me because I've been saying for months on this show that Emmy's actually great and people just need to sh- like just chill and just let Emmy do her thing and like just then she'll figure it out. Um, just, and, need, like, just needs the right give her opportunity. An opportunity. And this an is opportunity. an opportunity. Like it was really good stuff. I thought they had some really good chemistry. I, w- I would love to see them wrestle again and maybe we'll get it again since it was such a high like, you know, it got such a good reaction from uh, the internet and everywhere else. So. Yeah, I thought um, it was a good world title eliminator match. A great way to send the crowd home after a fun and emotional night. Yeah. And yeah, so that'll be it for uh, 
And it uh, seems like now Jamie Hader has taken ownership of the main event of, of, of Rampage. Whenever she wants it, she just has it at this point. So Which and I'm here for that? it. If she's, yeah. she's going to have a banger match in the main event of every Rampage for the next like six months, I'll be tuning into Rampage for sure. I mean, I won't be anyway, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, let's. what we're going to do now is we're going to jump into some news. We got a little bit of news this week. And then we're going to go through the Elevation, Dark, Dynamite, and some Rampage results. And then we'll send you guys home happy. So... That being said, let's get into some news. Okay. AW's Wardlow, he's been out of action due to injury. Uh, since his rematch uh, to then TNT champion in late December and having his haircut afterward, former TNT champion Wardlow has been absent from AWTV. In the Wrestling Observer newsletter this week, Meltzer explained that the reason is because he's been injured. While not going into specifics or how it was suffered, it's not, it, it is, quote, not believed to be one that will keep him out of action for a long time. So I'm sure it's one of those things where we'll probably see him show up, maybe March, maybe the end of February. He's just getting a few weeks off, which isn't the worst thing for Wardlow, because unfortunately he was cooled down big time. Yeah, I think if he had wrestled a single match after that, I think if he hadn't been injured, he would have been probably worse off. Like, not that the injury is good for him, but that in terms of his, his character, he would have been like the guy who just had his literally, literally just had his shit pushed in, like by Joe, like, you know. Yeah. Have so, come back and have to try and build something off of that. I mean, maybe given that Wardlow kind of did do a story where MJF kind of de- de- no, what's the word I'm looking for emasculated him a little bit, you know, and he had to sort of build his way back up so he can do a story like that. I just I don't think I would have wanted to see that immediately again, you know, like yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, so Kenny Omega has no one gets. At Lord Kenneth has been off AWTV due to a visa issue. He is hoping to return next week. Wait, he is, he still, wait is he still in Japan right now? I don't know where he's at. It says he ha- Omega hasn't appeared. No, he must be back. He hasn't appeared on AWTV since the January 11th episode of Dynamite. Oh, maybe it's a visa for maybe he's in Canada. Oh, yep. Okay. So Canadian born Omega hasn't been, hasn't been here. He's hoping to return next Wednesday, but it's not a lock. Uh, the quote goes, Kenny Omega has been off TV for a few weeks due to a visa issue. He badly wanted to be at the show in Lexington because he loved Jay Briscoe, but he was unable to be there. Meltzer wrote, the hope is that he can return on February 1st in Dayton, but that is not a lock. Um, And most importantly, I mean, they kind of set up the next trios match already, and they need him back. We miss Kenneth. I mean, come on. Bring back Lord Kenneth. <laughs> um. I don't know why. Some, someone this. needs to threaten the Canadian government. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, AW Luchasaurus has been sued by CFX over his mask design. I don't know why I added that to the news, but it just seemed interesting. And the two have earned profits in, quote, Viper silicone mask in merchandising. So. So, I mean, I'm, they'll probably just have to change his mask, right? Or maybe just take it off. I mean, yeah, I know I that's going to be a weird change for Luchasaurus if they take his mask off. But, I mean, you know, I... They, they could Here's bring the Luchasaurus I'm back. In a compl- ma- I'm looking at the mask they're talking about, and I just yeah. I don't see. It's probably what, what I'm guessing happened. It's probably like with Randy Orton's tattoos, where like even though they legally can use the mask and even maybe can make merch out of it, probably only like part of the deal included the mask they made for him or something like that. And like if they tried to like do anything that's slightly different. You know what I mean? Like I'm saying like, there's probably some like legality involved. That's not like, cause remember the Randy Orton tattoo story. We didn't cover it on here cause it was so nothing, you know, but what happened there was 
it was the video game was the problem. It wasn't that they were using his tattoos even to sell. Because if they if they had issues with that, they wouldn't be able to sell merch with Randy's, but like any anything with Randy's tattoos. You know what I'm saying? Like Randy yeah. wouldn't be able to appear probably if his tattoos were a legal problem for them to use. You know what I mean? But it was that they were using it in the game, I guess, because apparently that wasn't discussed when they originally had her do the tattoos for him. It's weird to think of somebody's getting their tattoos or their mask or their gear. And it's not technically something that they own. You know what I mean? It's weird yeah, to think about like, it what like the hell? that. Yeah. So uh, we had a little bit of uh, some breaking news Sunday night here. So the New Japan has finally announced the major changes to New Japan, New Japan Strong that they've been kind of teasing up. Um, so in 2020, they launched the brand kind of as a response to the challenges caused by COVID. They The show aired every week on New Japan World and Fight. New Japan Strong also held some pay-per-view shows such as Music City Mayhem or Rumble on 44th Street. But the New Japan Pro Wrestling President, Takami Obari, recently announced that the brand would rebuild and focus on quality over quantity. So they've announced how the new New Japan Strong will look and operate. The company announced that the New Japan events in the United States will be branded as New Japan Strong shows. And the weekly model will shift to a dual format with New Japan Strong Live and Strong on Demand. New Japan confirmed that the Battle in the Valley show on February 18th will be the first strong live show, which will air in English on Fight and in Japanese on New Japan World. So, otherwise, the action will be available with a delayed premiere on Strong on Demand, starting with Battle in the Valley. The show will be available in a four-part series throughout March, similar to Strong's previous weekly model. So, I I think they're kind of, I mean... I don't so it really sounds know. like they're just going to add in. They're still going to be doing taped strong shows for the majority of the content, but they're also going to start doing equi- equivalent of pay-per-views, it sounds like. I think they want New Japan Strong to have – Or do they want to just have a presence? Because right now, like the, the, the name – when you say New Japan Strong, it is not the same as New Japan. And I think no. they want to change that. I when think I that's think New goal. Japan Strong, I think taped show that happens in America that – has a bunch of green guys on it. That's what I think when you say when you say New Japan Strong. Like, yeah. So, you know what was and our, QT Marshall apparently is really good on New Japan Strong for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Not for all. <laughs> He's he apparently he was going on a tear there recently. They said that uh, he had a match on the J the J Tribute Show and they mentioned that. I was like, really? The most recent uh, main event was Peter Avalon versus Fred Rosser for the world title. So, I might have to check that out. It's a shout out Peter Avalon. Um, Okay, uh, that was not the... Uh, does he have movie. hair in that, though? In the picture, he does. Oh, it must have been before then. Shit. AEW and DAZN, Dazen, I believe it's pronounced, announced multi-year broadcast deal for 42 international markets. So that is a big get. We covered last year when, you know, AEW really needed to get some more exclusive rights to international markets. And it sounds like they've linked that. Okay, so yeah, partnering with DAZN is probably a good thing. Yeah, that's a good sign. I mean, it's a lot of a lot of. It really gets pop- you more exposure. I mean, there's probably like ninety percent of the countries in the world that watch wrestling probably don't know what AEW is. You know what I mean? Like, in the same way that they don't know what New Japan is if they don't live in Japan. You know what I mean? Like, um, maybe some of them know New Japan more because international. But I mean. You know, I would always thought that Japanese wrestling would have been popular in Australia because of the proximity for broadcasting reasons. But I mean, you know, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. So that'll be it for the news this week. Um, some pretty good stuff in there. And just AEW's kind of announced some spots to returning like Milwaukee and whatnot. So 
All right. That being said, let's jump into Dark Elevation here where you're going to take the lead and break it down for us. Uh, AEW Dark Elevation episode 99. We better have something special next week or I'm going to be pissed. Pissed. Um, I'm not even joking. If there's not something special on the 100th episode of Elevation, I feel like that's a big deal. There should be, right? <sighs> Probably won't be. Um, anyway, so we opened up the show with Sky Blue taking on Zoe Dubois, uh, who uh, pulled a She-Hulk and stole the powers of Fandango to try and win. <laughs> um, God damn it. Yeah, so now we have uh, I don't even know what a female Fandango would be. Um, uh, she had a nice, uh, I should say Sky hit a nice super kick in the match and got a really nice spin on the head scissor that she did. Um, and then uh, picked up the one, I think, with like, a Skyfall or something like that. Uh, so it's a nice little quick win to open up the show for Sky Blue. We had the Butcher and the Blade with the Bunny taking on Beef Candy, uh, which was the name of this tag team, which I liked. Shout out the name. Beef Candy. Hell yeah. I didn't get their names, but Beef Candy. Hello, what have we here? Exactly. So I might have to, I might have to check those guys out on the Indies. But um, they looked good as always, and they dragged the lake on them. We had a quick backstage segment with Athena looking for Yuka and Yuka beating the piss out of her. Um, and then just her trying to hold back them, trying to hold back Yuka because Athena was a little dazed. Um, and then we had in the next match, Pero Peregroso and Rouge with Jose Elisastante versus the Jobbers. Um, and Rouge is uh, super fun with these new barricades because him chucking, like he was doing his little spot where he runs people into him is a lot more brutal with the fucking hard barricades. Dude, he, um, what a fucking guy Rouge is, man. Seriously. What a dude. Picked up the win with the bull's horn and the discus lariat combo, and they're continuing to demask these uh, these Jobber mask guys. Um, good, good to see. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going anywhere. I assume so, but uh? So... Um, we had Emmy Sakura. Uh, exactly. We had Emmy Sakura taking on Brookhaven. Um, we had some spanks into the tea time. Uh, there was a long delay on the uh, on the like the sorry like a delayed vertical suplex type thing on the backbreaker that she likes to do. Um, and you know, uh, I think uh, they both looked good in this match. I I think Brookhaven was mentioned to be somebody, and I just don't know who. Um, not sure from where. Might have to look into that. Um, but. I, I just remember them saying something like she was from some some Looks school. Like she has been trained by Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall, part of the Nightmare okay, yeah, Factory. Okay, she's a factory or not? Uh, not factory. What am I talking about? The uh, Nightmare Factory is that what it's called? Yep, Whatever. Yeah, the hell. Nightmare Factory. Um, yeah, the, the Cody Rhodes School. She's a product of that, so she probably will be featured. I'm guessing because of that, because they feature a lot of those people. So you know, um, yeah, so they both look good on here. And uh, Emmy continued her chicanery with Stefan Smith, which I just is fucking hilarious. I Stefan looks so concerned. Like, I wonder if Stefan is married, and that's why. <laughs> but every time she rubs that bald man on the head, I don't know. It just makes me it makes me giggle. <laughs> I, just, I don't know why. I'm just like, oh my god, like, what are you even doing? It's so funny. All right, we had Davari and Nice take on uh, a couple of guys. I just I could care less about this team. I'm sorry. Like, Come on, man. Davari Big is, is... Oh no, 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 no. The people on the other side. It was Big Fonz and Jordan Cruz. Okay. And those guys were fine. I did not give a shit about Davari and Nice here, though. Yeah, um, dude. What's what is this fucking pairing here, man? I mean, it's better than Nice and Woods. I mean Yeah. Well, at least Woods isn't being sucked into that vortex now, but uh yeah. And in the main event of the evening, we had the Dark Order uh taking on Serpentico and the Wingman. 
And uh, Riccoboni at this point started to slow down his pace. I can't have that, Riccoboni. You better be full energy the whole time or we'll have you replaced. We'll have it be just Daddy Magic and Paul White. We don't need you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> no, but in, 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 in all seriousness, though, like, I need you to keep that energy up, Riccoboni. It's what keeps me interested in these fucking elevation shows. Um, yeah. There was just, like, chaos in this match. There was, like, humping the air. There was nonsense. Oh, I think it's the match. I'm not sure if it's this match or there's a match with uh, Peter Avalon. In one of the two matches, he has hair. He's not. He obviously doesn't have hair at this point, so there's a continuity problem there. But um, I'm not even kidding. He had hair in one of the matches. You don't believe me? Go back and look. He actually had hair, and and they made. You know what? It wasn't on this show. It was on Dark because Excalibur makes a joke about it, saying he put extensions in, like. Because somebody forgot the continuity, which, by the way, also proves my theory that they don't record the commentary live because there's no way they could make that joke if it wasn't if they actually recorded that one. And it was you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fuck you, Excalibur. You exposed yourself. Anyway, um, I'm going to have a rivalry with Excalibur. I don't care. Um, And with that, that takes us to Dark 180. What do you got? All right. Dark 180. We get kicked off with a uh, Britt Baker. Uh at the all right I, this is the point where i complain that why the fuck charlie in every show of dark that Britt baker is on does she go on first uh, they they want to make people tuned in i don't know but she's wrestling billy starks who i'm calling but it this now. was in orlando billy starks is going to be an aw signee in 2023 it's already begun i believe since this she's already wrestled three times for the company so she will be signed with the company. She's she has been kind of making her name with the uh, up and coming of twenty twenty two two weeks ago. I think that I that I pointed out. I want to say yeah. And this she went out here and had a fucking a really fun match with Britt Baker. They had about six minutes, and they just literally. I I, I mean Britt put her over while winning at the same time. Like it's th- just what Britt does. She's fantastic. And but yeah, I mean this this was a really worth check. This match right. is worth checking out. The way I meant to. All right, all right, all right. But we got to talk about the elephant in the room, Charlie. The f- Brit-, Brit Baker's nose is actually made of glass. Dude, that's what mine would look like, though. I would bleed every single match. W- would you though? Because not yes, everybody I would, does. Unless I literally purposely like fucking loaded up on Sudafed before going into the match. I have a very. Do you think weak there's nose. just some people that have super sensitive noses? I guess, like, yeah, dude, uh, definitely. I mean, you're talking to the guy. I'll get a fucking nosebleed. If it gets too well, cold, I know you've outside. had issues with it. I just didn't think it was something that, like, maybe if you have that, maybe you maybe don't wrestle anymore. I'm not saying Brit shouldn't wrestle. Dude, I'm just no, saying it's kind of like a problem. But, but it kind of adds to it. That you know? has to be a pain in the ass, though. Yeah, I'm sure she loves it. I'm sure she loves it. Uh, yeah, this was fun. Yeah, Billy Starks. She she will be signed this year. She's awesome. I at least I hope she does. Don't let NXT get this one too. All right, you throw that out there. Don't, don't let her get her too. A dark order. Evil Uno, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, defeated Marcus Cross, Vera Morales, and Bellianaki. This was what it was. Dark Order need to recruit. I'm, I'm overwatching the Dark Order on Dark. Get me somebody else, please. Tony Deppin with the dub. His first motherfucking victory in the building. Defeated Serpentico. Hold on. We need some music for our guy. You know what? Fuck it. Tony Deppin time. He Hell can get, yeah. He can get the music today. He got the first win. Let's go, Tony. Let's go, Tony. Dude, I've been saying it for a while. Tony Deppin 
is legit. I've I've been seeing these matches with Tony Deppin like at various companies for a while now, and I'm just like, who the fuck is this guy? I've never heard of this guy. And then all of a sudden, he's one of my favorite wrestlers. So I, you know, he was in consideration for my favorite indie wrestler um, when we did the awards. So like, I, you know, I, ah, yeah, I'm. I really liked this match. Um, it wasn't like spectacular, but I also was like, I saw the match and I was like, what? Why is Serpentico being acted like he's going to win here? That's, that's not how this is going to go. You know? <laughs> right. Right. Um, and then we had Matt Seidel as Cesar Bononi. And had, have I just missed Matt Seidel? I feel like no, he's, he's genuinely been gone. I okay. have no idea where he's been. I think he's probably just one. So Matt Seidel is back. And this is kind of nice to see. I'm, I'm cool with some Matt Seidel action. Uh, can't go wrong with it. Harley Cameron defeated Brittany J. Um, Cameron was, you know, I, is this going to be one of our new Marina Shafirs where, you know, where we just kind of bring her in and she kind of gets her own little squashes here and there. I'm all for them bringing in more. There seems to be quite a bit of Australian female talent that we just don't know about for some reason. Like, look at just the thing. I, I can name four off the top of my head that I know of. You know what I mean? So maybe I'll be honest, just I was not secretly... 100% familiar with Cameron. And when this match happened, I, I was, I like... wasn't either, but I, I was thinking she's from the same area of Australia as, um, as Tony storm, I think. But like, we've had like Emma who I think is Australian, right? We have the, obviously the iconics, you know? Um, and you have TM 61, those aren't women, obviously, but I'm saying I think there's actually genuinely like secretly in Australia, there's just like a super, super, really secretly good wrestling scene that just nobody watches because it's not televised. But like, it's actually really good. And I think yeah, that's what and, I think and we're starting to figure that out. Like, I'm down. We'll keep an eye on her. And I'm wondering if she'll be back because, like I said, this Tony got his first win here. And this was this was, I guess, her return to AEW. So. She is not someone I'm too familiar with, but I was very surprised when I saw this was the match. I'm like, wait, what? But cool. I'm all down for it. Uh, Madison Rain defeated I'll tell Casey. you, I, what I was excited about was is something that I hope that they continue to do more. It was two unknowns, so I had zero idea what was going to happen. I was like, oh, either of these chicks could be the one that they're going to go with here. And then it yeah. became obvious once the match started, obviously, who was going to be the focus, but... I was thinking in my head, I was like, what they should do at some point is set up a match like this and then just give them 10 minutes, have them have a match. And then whoever looks better is just the one they decide to push. Maybe even in a few with that person. You know what I mean? Like I, that you could do something with that, man. I don't know. Tony's not one against taking risks, even if they're not going to pay off. You know what I mean? So. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, look at Action Andretti. I mean. Exactly. That could have backfired. I mean, people like, you know, obviously not with if, if it had been someone else that wasn't Andretti, though, that could have really blown up in his face, you know? Oh, yeah, that could have been fucking that could have been dangerous. Imagine <laughs> I, I imagine Jericho comes to you and says, I want to lose to this kid. To who? Yeah, I want to lose to Action Andretti. <sighs> One of the guys I let lose on Dark? Are you sure about that? I don't know, Chris. You're kind of one of the top guys in the company. Are you sure you want to be doing that? Like, I'm sure it wasn't an easy convincing that he had to get from Jericho, you know, like, um, assuming that's how it even went in the first place and it wasn't him that came to Jericho. But you know what I mean? Like, ah, and yeah. Then we had, yeah, and then we had Madison Rain. She took on a defeated case in Lennox. We've seen her before. Um, she's not bad. She's got a good look. And yeah, Rain, you know, she's stiffer. She got hit with a Samoan drop, and then she regained control, hit a rotating face buster for the victory. So Madison Rain kind of doing her thing. Action Andretti defeated Bronson of the Iron Savages. No, no, no. Of the Iron Savages. Savages. 
That's right. Dasha, man. Oh, Taz gave her some shit for that. That was good. And then, now hold on. This main event here. I had a good episode of Dark. I'm just going to say it. Mascara Dorada defeated Anthony Henry. Um, Right away, the pace of this was fucking fast off the bit, off the beat here. Um, Henry then slowed it down, got his pace going. He got some good holds in. He had a really nice stiff kick to the chest. Dorada starts fighting back, sends him to the mat with a drop kick that had some insane air on it. Give me a Dorada. I still want to see Dorada and fucking Danielson fighting him. Uh, Henry then tried to hit a top rope stomp. Dorada rolled out of the way. He got caught with a boot in the corner. Um, Dorada and Henry ended up in the middle turnbuckle together, allowing Dorada to hit a springboard face buster. And then immediately after that, Dorada followed it up with a springboard elbow drop to score the win. This was a fun episode of Dark and having, think about that. Our main event, Mascara Dorada and Anthony Henry. If people haven't been paying attention, they've never seen these guys probably wrestle. So it's like, I really like throwing those guys in the main event with a show that had the Action Andretti, Billy Starks, right? Uh, Madison Rain, Tony Deppin. How many, this could be one of those episodes we look back on in two years and we're like, whoa, all of these current stars were in that random, because Tony Deppin's going to be a star. That's odd. Like, Assuming he doesn't get swooped up by WWE. Assuming he doesn't. Tony Deppin, Billy Starks, Action Andretti, who's already started becoming a star. Because I can tell you right now, Tony Deppin fits the current, like, what they're going for in NXT super well. Like, Absolutely. So, yeah, fun episode of Dark. I really enjoyed my episode. I was actually on, a, like, a high after I fucking watched that. I was like, this is, what's going on right now? What's going on? So that takes us to AW Dynamite. We open up. With Judas already playing, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara take on a defeat. Ricky Starks and Action Andretti uh, take the lead on this one. What, what did you What did you think of this match? And uh, what did you think of Jericho and Sammy getting the win here? Um, yeah, it was a good match. I, I I thought that was the right choice. I'd heard some other people say this as well, uh, which is that Jericho can't be losing all the time just because that no, doesn't make yeah. any sense. He's got to pick up some wins, otherwise, who are you beating? I've yeah, that's fair enough. Um. I like how Andretti's kind of like a hybrid wrestler, dude. Like, he does, like, the sort of flippy Dante type stuff, right? And he does it well. But he also, like, he can kind of technically wrestle a little bit, too. Like, not like Brian Danielson, but he's got a little bit of that in him because there were some moments in this match where they just did wrestling, and, man, he kept up with it, in my opinion. Um, this match was actually, I put this in my notes, and I think you might agree with this. I thought this match was the definition of fun to watch. Um... And by that, I mean, it wasn't just like a match where they hit move, 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 and they did this, and it wasn't a dance. It was also not a just over-the-top pace that they had to keep. It felt like everything got the correct amount of time to be sold. It felt like people were in the right spots at the right time. There was no mistiming and maybe even no missed spots. Um, And so I didn't feel like I was disconnected at any point with what was going on in the match. Because sometimes when a match, like, I'll give you an example. Sometimes like when Kenny Omega wrestles, he'll hit a big move and then they'll lay out for like literally 15 minutes. I mean, you think I'm joking, but sometimes they literally do that when they don't know what to do for an hour long match. It feels like, um, and that's fine. Not everyone's going to have the energy to keep a 60 minute pace for 60 minutes. You know what I mean? Um, but sometimes I feel like if you give a spot the right amount of time and then not also too much time, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's like a sweet spot there. 
and I felt like this match fit everywhere. Everything fit where it needed to in this match. Um, and it did look like everyone was having fun too, which I've ne- I feel like you rarely see that anymore in wrestling matches with like multiple people in them. It seems like somebody is just always just there, you know. Um, That's a fair point. Uh, and I do think that um, there was that moment when Andrade, I don't know it was who it was that dove off the top. Or I'm assuming it wasn't Jericho, actually, now that I think about it. He, I think he caught Sammy out of the air at one point, um, and it just looked super clean. I don't know why. It just looked like it fit like a glove. <laughs> it just like, whoop, all right, now he's on my shoulders. And then he went to hit his move, and I, I think Sammy countered out of it. But uh, they ended up using some shenanigans with the baseball bat and Daniel Garcia to pick up the win. Um, and I'm curious your thoughts on this match because, like I said, I just thought everything slotted together really nicely, and it just felt like a really clean opening to the show. Uh, yeah, I, you laid it out there really well, and it's nice to see. I, I thought Ricky Starks and Andretti actually they were a fun team together too. I thought they worked well as a team. I, I'm I think, starting to wonder if they should even split them up when they're done with this feud. Like they kind of work well together, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, maybe Ricky could take him under his wing now. And as Ricky's going towards the main event, he's got a little help with him now, too. Because it kind of, you know, everyone Can you imagine, like, how hype it would be if we had, like, Andretti versus, I don't know, let's just say Samoa Joe wins the title back or something like that. It's Samoa Joe for the TNT title, and you have Ricky Starks going after the world title on the same show against MJF. I mean, that would be pretty dope. You, you got some money there. You got some money there. So, uh, Sammy Guevara, man, just... I, I, him and him and Action and try to get up a hell of a match. Every time those two were in there together, that was <laughs> really fun, including that that uh, standing Spanish fly that they hit where they landed on their feet. I mean, that was really neat. So good stuff there. Um, we jumped to Excalibur, who does a, uh, a Jay Briscoe kind of video package showcasing the Briscoe Brothers Rise and Ring of Honor. Had some clips of Jay's family and daughters as well. Really beautiful tribute. Um, Buddy Matthews made his way to the ring. We had the Darby Allen versus Buddy Allen. Buddy Allen, what the fuck? Buddy Matthews matched <laughs> for the TNT title. This was Darby Allen's fourth TNT title match in four weeks. And this was a really good match. Um, I think Matthews got to show what he was capable of as a single star. While Allen was really selling his leg from his recent schedule. This was a nice little touch. They made sure to touch on that he was at the Great Muna, Great Muna final bye-bye this past weekend. Matthews uh, has half his face painted as well. Hart did some distractions. She looked awesome. I, I love this Julia Hart gimmick. Uh, the lights go out. Brody King and Malachi Black were on the ramp staring down Sting. Ortiz ran out from the back with a kendo stick as he and Sting brawled. Black and King up the ramp. Matthews hit a high stack powerbomb for a near fall as Allen responded by fighting off an electric chair into a poison Rana. Allen hit a really nice crucifix bomb. Matthews blocked a code red into a backslide pump knee buckle bomb and curb stomp for the two. You think that was a reference to uh, Mr. Rollins? I think it was. He can he can use the curb stomp. When you're teamed with someone for that long, you're allowed to use their moves, right? That's that's just a wrestling code book. I feel like it was probably at some point that he just probably just, he gave the move to him because he was his protege or whatever, you know? Yeah. That was a fun angle. Um. Matthews tries his pump handle driver, but Allen counters it into the code red for a two. Allen was cut off in the ropes as Matthews tried a superplex. Allen countered that into a scorpion death drop in midair. The same way he countered Juice Robinson in their match on Rampage. Fun little match there, too. Matthews hung up in the ropes. Allen hit a coffin drop for the one, two, three. He retains his title. 
Darby Allen's doing exactly what we hoped he would with this title. He is defending it every week. He's a fighting champion. The TNT title is fucking awesome right now. And Darby Allen's crushing it. Can you believe these Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen title reigns are happening at the same time? This is so much fun. They, they got to collide at some point. In they have title to, right? Match, dude, they have to. They're both firing. Too I would almost let them right collide now. at Revolution if it's if the if the route is going the way fuck it, it might be. take all. Then you know what I mean. And then and then have one of them draw. I mean, like fuck it. I know we already had Samoa Joe with two titles, but like they decided they just didn't want to have him on him. So. I mean, if anybody could carry two championships right now, it's either of these guys. You know what I mean? Like, so. Right. Any any other thoughts from this one? And uh, yeah, this title reign, man. Fuck. Yeah, no. Um, That ring spot, this ring spot, ring skirt thing that was like really confusing at first, but then made sense once uh, Buddy actually got all the way through it. Um, I was like, what the hell is he doing with this? Because I've seen people do that ring skirt thing where they you know, just use the skirt to pull them underneath like that one that everybody does. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That's what he was going to do, but he did something completely different, which I thought was cool. Like where he like got the ring, he got the skirt up into the ring and then Darby went to step out of the ring and then he pulled it out then, which made him completely eat shit into the ropes. I was like, okay, that's, that's different. Um, and uh, yeah. Oh dude, that spot that Darby took into the turnbuckle, like dude, his fucking neck got compressed. Oh my on God. Yeah. One. When he was like, uh, I think he was doing like a like a rear naked choke like on his back, and then he like rammed himself. Like, he did like the uh, cannonball with him on his back, dude. That spot is awesome, by the way. But, it was beautifully, it was beautifully done. But Darby just got murdered by it. Oh, that was great. That might actually, you know what? Um, that wasn't the craziest thing that happened in this match. There was a spot where I think Darby was laid out on the apron. I want to say it was Darby. Um, and somewhat, and I think, I think at that point, uh, buddy hit a meteora on him, which just killed him. And I think there's just about only one thing in the, in the world that you could say to that. Oh, hell yeah, there is. And it is. Yeah. So, uh, that spot was brutal. Um, there was also a spot, um, oh, I know. Sorry. That was a previous match, but anyway, yeah, no, there was just a lot of really crazy stuff. You already mentioned the other stuff. Um, uh, one thing I noted before the match started, so um, there was like a long picture in picture or something like that right before this match started between the previous match or something like that. And so there was like a long shot of of Buddy just sitting there before the match. And bro, he just looks menacing sitting there before a match. He, like, I don't know what it is, what but if, he just looks like he's about to kill you. This guy has it all. He has the complete package. And that's what makes – people don't really – he's the X Factor of House of Black. Like, that's really a subtle is. thing. You know what I mean? Like, that's not – like, you can't teach Buddy that. He just knows. I, I'm going to look like a murderer just sitting here in the corner waiting for my opponent. Look, staring a hole through the wall. You know what I mean? Like, just absolutely no mercy. It, I, that's the vibe that he was giving off. I just – he looked evil, man. He really did. And speaking of Orange Cassidy's title reign, as of today, he is the official longest reigning champion. He has passed Pat's reign. So, pretty cool. Worth noting there. Well deserved. Yeah, fucking is the fuck. I mean, Pac, Pac helped to come up with what was going to potentially define that title. Turns out just really good matches is what defines that title, which Pac's matches fit into that legacy as well. So it, when we look back on the All-Atlantic title, those are probably going to be the two guys that define it the most. Honestly, even with like there might be guys that go on to have incredible title reigns later, but these first two are probably going to go down as the most important ones in the history of the title. I'm starting to think there's a chance Jay Lethal might win that uh, other title. The I feel the like we're seeing a lot of title? Jay Lethal title, Jay Lethal lately. Um, you think he might get, like get a Ring of Honor television title run? 
Maybe that or Orange Cassidy's if they run that back at Revolution. Oh, I see. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, that would be a good one to run back. I could see him a, being our next story. champion. Um, if I do think Orange Cassidy's still going to have a few guys to fight before we get there, though. But hard right. agree. Um, we jumped to a highlight video from Adam Cole's return a few weeks ago. Footage of him training in the ring prior to the show. He's looking at the banner for Revolution, so I think it's safe to say that's where he's returning, probably. Do you think he'll have an opponent on that show, or do you think he'll just like cut a promo or something? Oh, I think he'll have an opponent. Who it's going to be, don't know yet. Orange Cassidy for the title? Question mark. Could it could do a title? It could do something like that. So who's just a good badass that everyone wants to fight? QT Marshall. There you go. Book it. Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson. Rock on. All right. Jungle Boy Jack Perry and FTW champion Hook defeat. Ethan Page and Matt Hardy with Stokely Hathaway and Isaiah Cassidy. The uh, the ramp stuff, uh, well, they're on the ramp doing their entrance. Again, it works for me every time with the uh, Page, Hardy, Stokely, and Cassidy stuff. I really I really get a kick out of it. But uh, uh, what, what did you think of this match? And uh, Jungle Hook, 2-0. Um, yeah, I mean, I like seeing Matt Hardy on Dynamite. Love seeing me see Matt Hardy on Dynamite um like him getting the twist of fate back uh that's just that that that, we didn't need that anymore you know i think we we get the story at this point um and hook suplex is still looking incredible uh that's about all i had from this match because there wasn't much to it but um but i mean i still think that both jungle boy and hook most benefit from being with each other right now um because i don't think as weird as it is to say i don't think jungle boy is getting booked it's the singles right now there's just too many guys Um, yeah he kind of ran through all the big guys already and I don't yeah. think they'll want to do him. And the Hawks. new matches are just so few that you would have to have him take a break in between some of them. And it's like, you might as well, if you're going to have him do a series of matches, have him do them all at once and have him do something else in between. I would still love if, if Miro returned and fucking laid waste to him. And he, I he, think that's probably the end game for this current run. That'd of be M- so good, for, man. For him. Either him Miro. or MJF. Uh, that's what I think. Either, either Miro, if he comes back and gets a little build up, and then he faces Jungle Boy and then gets his win over Jungle Boy to pick up, you know, where he left off. Uh, with his, uh, you know, build that he was, he's tried two or three times now. Um, although if, 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 if they think of Miro as I think they do, which is kind of just a black hole, which I'm not saying anything about Miro. I'm just saying when he does stories, sometimes it just goes nowhere at the end. Like he's in a weird spot. Um, There's yeah. no denying that. So if they want to just avoid that and not get Jungle Boy sucked into that, if it happens to be, um, then they could just have him face MJF as one of his opponents. And then that could be an end game for him for a little while and then have him come back with something new. Um, but yeah, like you said, a lot of the until they either a bring in new talent, which seems like a ridiculous notion at this point, you know, like um, or or they uh, run some stuff back. Yeah, it'll be difficult to sustain like some singles. So I think maybe Jungle Hook is the right answer right now. Yeah. Seems uh seems right to me. Give me a fun little uh it, it works. It works. Time for family therapy with the acclaim. Daddy ass and the guns as the therapist is with them. Austin and Colton said they always come second to their father. Pause. Uh, his career was always first. Caster and Bowens called him jealous of their relationship with their father, saying they can't do what they do. Austin said they pushed Bowens in his wheelchair when injured and was hit with the crutch when he was all healed up. That was a hell of a line. Colton said their faults as sons were because of their father. Damn. The AW tag team titles will make them happy. They stormed out. It was short and it was kind of, I don't, I don't know if we needed the acclaimed in this kind of segment. It, 
it felt like they also didn't feel like they needed to be there. Like that, this probably should have just been a Billy Gunn and the Gun segment. But I feel like because of the story of them being adopted, which I know you could say, well, they probably weren't actually adopted. They're like, yeah, well, duh. But I'm saying like, um, since that's the story that they told, there needed to be some resolution for all the stuff that went down between them because they did have a feud, but it was kind of short lived because they had to go on to the championships, you know? Yeah. Um, which nobody would have anticipated. But I mean, if you had told me that when they started that guns versus acclaimed storyline, that that was going to be the one that catapulted them into the main event. You know what I mean? I would have told you you were crazy because I thought that storyline was just going to be for fun and I was enjoying it, but I didn't think it was going to lead to their championship run. You know what I mean? Um, which it ultimately did because they went straight from that into swerving our glory. So um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I kind of agree, but I think it made sense for them to be there for that because of the history. If they hadn't had any history, it would have made less sense. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah, I don't know what they're doing with this. So I guess we'll, we'll find out as time goes on. No, they told us, they're just, they're going to, they're going to pay it off. Finally, they're going to have a title, yeah, they'll just match. Do a, t- a title match. I heard I mean, somebody, I think it was Alvarez say maybe daddy ass turns on them, but I feel I, like that's, whoa, whoa, whoa. I would yeah, not do that. That would that's, be horrible. That's why I was like, I really hope that's not the plan. Because maybe in like another six to eight months. Not yet. You do not do that yet. They're way, way too early for that. Um, all right. Renee is with, uh, Adam page. She asked about his vague response last week into what's next page said. He wants page said as much as he wants to look forward. He can't help, but look back to Ohio. He and Mox are one and one when they're in Dayton, Ohio next week, he wants to knock out John Moxley. Willie Uta comes into shot. Says Moxley accepts challenging page to a match on rampage page asks, what makes you to thinks what happened to Moxley won't happen to him. So, hmm. uh, Brian Danielson took on a defeated ROH six man tag team champion Brian Cage, and uh, yeah, what did what did you think of this one? This was a little bit of a shorter one, I thought. And mm-hmm. yeah, what did you think of uh, Cage yeah, and Danielson? So, like last week, I remember saying, if of all the matches, this is probably going to be the weakest one. Not anything against Brian Cage; it's just the other wrestlers he's being put in with are just on that level, you know. And I'm not saying that Brian Cage isn't. I just I don't think anybody thinks Brian Cage is on that level. Um, so yeah, no. Um, we got a little Muay Thai influence from uh, from Danielson here, which I like to start off. Like I, I talk about this all the time, but none of Danielson's matches are ever the same. Um, nope, they're not. And dude, he just dumped Danielson on his head throughout the match too, dude. Cage. I mean, like he was just like not giving a fuck how this man landed. It, yeah. I, I, and I'm here for it because Danielson doesn't give a shit. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, I actually thought that something I noticed in this match that I maybe haven't picked up on because he just does um, a lot of slams and suplexes and stuff like that. And he does them so well that he doesn't really need to do this, but he actually can strike pretty well, too. Um, and uh, I thought for this match, because Cage is such a big dude that a shock roll up actually does make sense. Now, we don't need every Danielson win that's not against a, a guy of his size to be like that. But I just I think they have plans for Brian Cage right now, obviously. Otherwise, they wouldn't do that in my head. Yeah. Um, and then we got a little post-match beatdown. Uh, and um, in that, he actually does try to damage his arm a little bit more. So he gets, you know, he makes good on what he was paid by MJF. I guess I should mention that, that he was paid by MJF to hurt Danielson here, um, which he yep. was trying to do throughout the match. Um, and then, like I said, we had post-match beatdown, which then our boy Kanosuke made the save. Um, so do you think Kanosuke is going to be one of uh, MJF's potential? I mean, I know 
he called him out for a match since the like since this happened but um i was just curious i i, um, I do think they're gonna run mjf and kanosuke one of these nights uh in february mjf's okay, gonna okay. wrestle before the before the uh I, I have to i have a feeling he will as well it feels like they've been kind of setting up for that a little bit because danielson will call him out and be like i've been wrestling for weeks what about you and he'll be like oh yeah i will wrestle i'll wrestle kanosuke you son of a back i'll know what i want so, but yeah, I know I agree with you. I think he'll wrestle at some point. Yeah, I like I like the beatdown though. That was good stuff. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Piquette, uh, she goes backstage to the doctor with Danielson and said he was there. Uh, was a dislocation. Danielson doesn't care as he's wrestled an hour injured before. He's going to expose MJF for the fraud he is. The doctor will not stop Danielson from wrestling ever again. Is he's going to become the AEW World Champion? Brian fucking Cage, the machine. Um. So here we go. Ruby Soho defeats Tony Storm. Did not see that result coming, but let's get into the match, right? This is a hard-hitting match, and this is kind of more or less another chapter, right, in our Invaders versus uh, Homegrown storyline that's growing in the, in the women's division. And it took another turn here where Britt Baker actually helped Ruby win the match. It yep. was It was inadvertently... Britt's music hits. She walks out not looking very hurt. Uh, the distraction for Storm was enough for Soho to hit Destination Unknown and get the win. So. I, yeah, I, they, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I, I really think Tony and Ruby got going here. This was, uh-huh. Tony Storm is so fucking good, man. And I, I will continue to say this. She Soho was sent to the floor once with the sweet cheek music that I, I just, <laughs> there's a gif there's got to be a gif of that somewhere where i, I mean people that don't watch wrestling would be like oh my god i want that <laughs> to happen to me but no, <laughs> you know what i mean but but what did you think of this and uh, ruby ruby being one of the originals and not the invader is is the angle that yes yeah we're developing so, more. Mm-hmm. yeah so i mentioned that last week i was like where does ruby actually fall because i and i made the argument last week that she's she kind of falls more into the original category than she does into the invading category because she's been with the company for like a year now or something. But um, they actually expanded on this a little bit more in the segment on Rampage. So I guess we can get into it more there. Um, but I thought it was interesting that they, like you said, had Britt come out so that we could continue that storyline and add a little bit of flavor to it. Yeah, it was adding a little bit of flavor. I liked it. I liked it. Really good match. Again, I I wouldn't say like just utter fantastic, but for the time it was given, the pace of it was off the charts, and that's Women what I was still looking get for. Zero respect on dynamite, though. None to be found. No, they they get their match, which I guess you know. Hey, it's more than we could say for some uh, some other companies sometimes. They'll always get their match. Uh, MGF is in a dimly lit room. He runs down, take a shitta, as he says. Uh, saying he's talented. No, but to we stay won't out of his say, way. That's the only time. All right, I hope you all enjoyed it. That's the only time we're ever saying that on this <laughs> podcast. I refuse to say it. No, fuck that. I still hate that promo from MJF. Hey, dude, that's what he said, man. Look, I'm just re- look. Hey, I'm doing the meme right now. That no, I'm canceling don't, you. Don't shoot the messenger here. Uh, I'm canceling the messenger. He said. He says Takesh is very talented, but to stay out of his way, despite being injured, Danielson will keep marching revolution like a hero. That's what the fans think but not MJF as his triple B is what gets him out of the bed in the morning. The belt makes him better than you. And you know it. MJF asks if Danison, he has a hole in his soul and he's trying to fill it with the title. Physical pain is fleeting. Mental pain will leave a scar next week on dynamite. Danison will face a man who enjoys pain. 
Timothy Thatcher. They then go on to show some clips of him in uh, Pro Wrestling Noah using the Fujiwara armbar. I mean, we're familiar with Timothy Thatcher. The guy's a fucking animal. Literally, probably the hardest hitting member, and that's including Walter of of Ringkampf, dude. Honestly, I'm being real. Look at the guy's teeth. If you don't believe me, he could have been the third Briscoe. That's not even a joke. That's gonna be fun. I, I love that they bring in these guys for one offs like this. It's so much fun. Okay, Thatcher is also one of those guys that's been internationally known since the Ring of Honor days. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, I, like when Ring of Honor was popping off, he was also known in that scene. You know what I mean? Like, it was like him and the rest of Ring Comp, obviously, and as well as various other guys. Though, like Thatcher he had a is, hell of a program with uh, Tommaso Ciampa as well in uh, Oh yeah NXT. Mm-hmm. Now his NXT stuff is probably going to be considered underrated because it, he wasn't used as much as he probably should have been. But he was always fun. Every time they brought him out, he had a good match. So I, I've always if liked I'm him. remembering correctly, I believe they turned him into a coach at the end of his career there. So. This man they did that with a lot. To be fair, they did that with a lot of people, but he probably was one of the better ones to do that with, just because that hard hitting, sort of unforgiving style that he kind of likes. It, there's not a way to teach that. So if you have somebody that's done that for their career, I mean, I'm sure those were the guys that the, I'm sure who. Uh, what am I looking for here? I'm sure there were guys that went to him knowing that his style matched more to theirs than other coaches. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So AW Rampage, we get kicked off. I'm gonna let you take the lead on the first match. Says uh, I know this was cool, almost our favorite here. Yeah, this was Hangman like Adam uh, Page and Wheeler Yuta. We were discussing this before the show, and I was like, it was down to these two matches because I, I really actually enjoyed Rampage this week. Um, it wasn't that I didn't enjoy everything on Dynamite, also. It's just like, for me, that Jay Briscoe match was just, or I guess I should say the Mark Briscoe Jay tribute match was just way too emotional for me to like lock in on and actually watch. I was just fighting with it and trying to like take notes on it as best as I could. So I, I couldn't really pick that because I don't think I would have done that ma- match justice. Um, and I also am kind of a big Emmy stand, so that kind of made the decision a little bit easier. But we had Hangman Page taking on Wheeler Yuta, which we had mentioned, um, uh, was set up on the previous episode of Dynamite with that little uh, backstage segment with Renee. And uh, yeah, I like Yuta hitting a Manjigatami immediately. That's cool. I like yeah. that. Um, uh, for those of you that don't know, that's the Flying Octopus hold. Um, the reason why it's called a Manji Katami, by the way, I, I found this out is because it looks like the Manji character from Japanese when you have somebody tied up like that. Um, so it's called that. So Manji, Manji Katami. Anyway, um, there's a little, there's a little fun wrestling fact for you. Uh, uh, so yeah. Um, and, uh, I was asking this throughout the match, Charlie, is Hangman page a heel? Like, is that what we're going with here? You know, I'm... I, I I don't I don't know if either of these guys are. I don't think right? Wheeler is. I think we know the Blackpool what Combat is. Club. They're inadvertently, tweeners, but, but what they Wheeler do is, is kind of okay. This is how I view the Blackpool Combat Club, right? I'm gonna use the three main. No, fuck it. I'll include Claudio. Claudio and Wheeler are like the more noble side, and Danielson, who was already a heel when he joined the group, and Mox has always had an edge to himself. They're the more brutal side of the group. And they coalesce like if they if they didn't have the two quad, if the the quad of if the four of them in the group weren't the two of one and two of the other, then I think it's that's sort of how it works. You know what I'm saying? That's the symbiotic relationship of it. So I think if anybody is. Is anything, they're both they're all tweeners, but they lean more one way than the other, if that makes sense. Um, 
And I think Wheeler, I think I would consider Wheeler a babyface at this point. He doesn't act like a heel. You know what I mean? He maybe has a little bit of an edge to him and an attitude, but there's plenty of babyfaces in AEW who have both of those things. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that, uh, that John Moxley is like a heel right now. I think he's obviously, he's obviously not. I'm saying that I think up until this recent run, he probably would have been closer though. You know, um, I don't know. Um, I won't spend too much time on that because it's just speculation anyway. So, um, but yeah, I, but I, I, the reason why I asked that is he does seem to be wrestling more aggressively. Um, so maybe there's something there. Maybe there's not. I actually would like to see a heel hangman. That's why I keep asking that. Cause I think, it'd be I think heel hangman would be fucking money. Um, I think it's Definitely. the time too. I think I mentioned that back when he was champion. I was like, would heel hangman work here? Cause there was sort of hints of it. And we didn't know what was actually going on with the stuff with punk. And I was like, is he going heel a little bit here? I remember saying that to you. Huh? If only we knew, but um <laughs> literally but um so yeah yeah. Some nice, yeah if there were some nice spots in this match um avalanche death valley driver that was almost a simmons this week um i decided about halfway through this match we need kenny wheeler and kanosuke to have a german suplex off um we just do um and we have no complaints here no complaints here uh and i'm pretty sure i know who's gonna win that german suplex off because one of them wrote an essay or not an essay a college thesis on it but uh, it's so fucking metal dude like seriously (laughs) when you think about that just in case people don't know it's so metal it's uh that was Takeshta, right just in case people don't know yeah, yeah. Takesha allegedly, I don't know if this is actually true or if it's just a gimmick, but allegedly wrote his college thesis on the German suplex, which, uh, th- hell yeah. Um, anyway, we had some hammer and anvil uh, elbows on the apron. We had a German suplex on the apron, followed by a released German, uh, which I think went off the apron, I'm guessing. Um, or it might have just been on the floor, one of the two. Um, and I like Hangman using uh, the Wheeler rope sorcery that he does against him to like set up the hang. Uh, sorry, the the uh, buckshot because then he just hopped the rope while he was flipping back in and i was like oh shit he caught wheeler using his own technique that's pretty smart um and then that wasn't what he ended the match with he picked him up after that hit a death rider and uh 15 minute match pure greatness it you put it you put it very well i i love seeing wheeler yuda in this spot i thought he had some good chemistry with hangman adam page and it's nice to see the the crowd just kind of you know they they cared about you. The crowd cares about Yuta now. I think Yuta will forever now be an AEW guy. What do you mean? If Yuta wasn't part of the Blackpool Combat Club, he'd be nothing. He'd be nothing. What are you telling me, Mark? Uh? But yeah, this was, this was a really great match. Rampage fucking kicked ass, and this is the way we started it. And yeah, so Ricky Starks and Action Andretti complained about their loss on Dynamite Wednesday. They only lost because of the baseball bat. Andretti wanted Sammy Guevara one-on-one. Ricky Starks can beat Chris Jericho, and that is the absolute truth. In the back, Eddie Kingston is ready to let his demons run free. Too bad for Ortiz, but Kingston understands the House of Black and is ready to go home. Is Eddie Kingston joining the House of Black? Eddie Kingston's about to become the stone king of the Black Throne. I mean... What a fucking guy. Jeff Jarrett. King Stun Stone King. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, Saddam Singh, and Jay Lethal with Sanjay Dutt defeated best friends. Give them their proper name. Dan Housen. Okay. What was the name? Slap Nut Express. Slap Nut Express. Um, there was a lot of fucking, there was a lot of shittery going on here. 
Uh, but I love, there was a really funny spot where Chuck had, I want to say Jeff Jarrett in, in his figure four, Jay lethal jumps off the top rope. Chuck just dodges it. <laughs> fucking keeps the figure four in. <laughs> yeah, bro. He Samoa Joe'd him while in a submission. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. You know, I, we don't see enough Chuck Taylor on our TVs. God damn it. I'm going to say it. We don't it's see cause they, Chuck it's because he wants to say the S word. Oh, shit. But yeah, I, I like Chuck Taylor, man. This is good. And, uh, yeah, uh, any other thoughts you had of this? I guess the win with the Golden Globe to the back of the head was a nice little touch, too. I, 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 oh, sure. I mean, why not? I mean, um, they did the Fargo strut. The mini guitar was funny. Not much there. Uh, Dan Housen had a comedy hot tag at one point against Satnam. That was pretty funny. Yeah, there wasn't much here. There was a Chuck E.T. chant because they were in uh, his hometown. Well, and near his hometown, anyway. Yeah, it was a nice little touch. Powerhouse Hobbs defeats Tony Mudd. Mudd got his ass whoop. Mudd, Mudd. I also missed Renee Paquette tried to interview Soho, but Britt Baker interrupted. Demanded Soho yeah, pick okay, a side. By the way, is, is Ruby Sobo ever going to have an interview where someone doesn't just walk up? Hell no. She's it's like her allowed. and Eddie Kingston are cursed for all time. She's not allowed, bro. Come on now. Uh, Tony Mudd. Asked what by Powerhouse Hobbs? Uh, we're, we're just building Hobbs up. You know, I, I'm cool with this, though. Let, let's let Hobbs beat the hell out of someone. Get a one-minute match in there on Rampage. Let, don't let people forget about him. Top Flight talked up their big victories over the Young Bucks and in the Three Kings Battle Royal. They threw out a challenge for the trios titles with AR Fox as their partner. Sorry, Matt Seidel. You have been passed. Deleted. Renee Paquette tried to interview Dustin Rhodes, but Swerve Strickland and his tattooed crew interrupted to challenge another old head. Uh, Swerve insulted Dustin's brother and father before the referees came in to break them apart. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, I'll have three of those matches, please. Swerve is such a fucking star, dude. I mean, I'm glad that we're still using Dustin too. I remember, I remember a while back there was a report that he was going to be more of a backstage role, and I remember being really disappointed. I'm glad to see that we're going to hopefully, hopefully get an angle here. But maybe if it's just a one-off, I'm okay with that dude because the match will be a banger. Yeah, it might, it might be a, a rampage net match next week, and I'm cool with that. All right, our last thing here is we already covered the main event. Lexi Nair, welcome to the show. She questioned TBS champion Jade Cargill on who she'll face in her next quest to 50 and 0. But Red Velvet interrupts to challenge Cargo for next. I may have been your first, but next week I'm the one. 49 and 1. Yeah, so. Yeah, she's probably not. But, I mean, I respect the energy. She's probably not. I, I like that they're bringing that up because that they had that fucking, that she was the first match. And they had the backstage segment where Jade slapped the piss out of her. And I believe it was on, where did they, I don't know, Rhodes the top, maybe it was, I think it was that TNT show with Cody Rhodes, where Brandy had to sit down with him like, yo, she didn't like it, hit her like that. Everyone thought they had beef with each other, but obviously they, they got over it, the wrestlers. But yeah, Jade's first match was Red Velvet, and her 50th match will be Red Velvet, the former baddie with her. And we've been talking about that for a while. I mean, it makes sense to run Red Velvet with Jade. Again, I think they want the 50 and 0 moniker. They they want that. That's going to be something she has for her entire career. But if she is the one in 49 and one, 
you know, I think the crowd will, uh, I think the crowd will love red velvet as a champion. So, yeah. Oh yeah. I think, I think at this point, and this is kind of sad that it's to this point, I think once Jade loses the title, regardless of who it's to, it's going to be a big reaction. Um, oh God. Yeah. Which sucks for Jade because if they don't do it when it's like a, I feel like if they don't do it at either the 50 hour mark or another big milestone mark, like 75 or something like that, that it's just not going to have the impact for Jade. Um, it might just work. It won't work against her because she's already established, but Jade may have to take some time off if they don't do it correctly, you know? Yeah, I'm very curious what the road after the TABS title is for Jade. I mean, I... I, I, I mean, we discussed me. this already. It's the world title, but you probably have to give it some time after that. Plus, especially yeah. if Jamie Hayter is still champion, or if you crown somebody new off of Jamie Hayter, potentially, you know what I mean, in the next few months, which you could do, obviously. I mean, there could be a mega program with Jade and fucking Jamie after this whole Originals thing goes. And, yeah, because you know, Jamie's sure. obviously playing a baby face right now, 1,000%, so I mean, I could see it. If, but give Jade a little bit of a rest. She's been... I mean, I know she she doesn't wrestle all the time, but I think this schedule for her is probably intense. You know what I mean? Um, because oh, yeah, she's, she's not featured a, every week in some, yeah, yeah. even if it's just a promo, she is there. Jade so will she's be traveling. On your show. Like, she's traveling week to week like a wrestler. So I think um, let Jade rest a little bit. You know, allow whoever wins off of her to have some time on TV to defend that TBS title every week. You know, um, and. Then you have Jade go after the world title. It's the only thing that makes sense for her, if you ask me. I Like I said months ago, she should have been going after the world title immediately. I don't know why we weren't there. We could have done exactly the same thing, but what the world oh title. Oh, my God. You know who trained Jade? This is, dude, I'm telling you, it always comes back to the same guy. In 2019, Jade wanted to become a wrestler. She began training at the advice of Mark Henry at AR Fox's Wrestling Academy. I'm that's awesome dude AR Fox has trained so many world-renowned wrestlers I am so glad this guy is finally starting to get his flowers AR Fox is the fucking guy I did not know that about Jade that is really cool um shout out AR Fox again holy shit man okay next week here's what we got Dayton Ohio should be a big show first show in Dayton John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page the third Brian Danielson versus Timothy Thatcher Jade Cargill Red Velvet TBS championship match TNT champion Darby Allen defends against Samoa Joe in a no holds barred match. I did, I forgot that promo on uh, Rampage, but it wasn't much there. Kenosuke Takeshita versus Brian Cage in AW Tag Team Champions. The acclaimed it will be in a match. Pretty loaded. It's show. looking like it. Yeah, it's looking like it's going to be a fun show. Honestly, Charlie, can you think how many weeks in a row has it been? Like, is this like now week seven in a row of Dynamite where we've just fuck it's just been so good <laughs> i mean there's legit there's legit three or four pay-per-view matches here john moxley I mean, hangman page is a pay-per-view main event match any pay-per-view so oh yeah I and mean, they've just been giving it away on tv because they knew it's what's been carrying tv lately as a story you know what i mean like so so that'd be really good and other than that i think that'll do it for us um should be a fun week coming up with that being on the schedule and yeah we covered the royal rumble yesterday and in your feeds, you know, uh, Monday morning, Sunday night, whenever you're checking this out. I know you guys in the UK, you probably check this out in your morning drives. If you listen all the way through, hey, we appreciate it. Um, that being said, any, any uh, closing thoughts you have and uh, send us home? Sign Anthony Green. I like it. Catch you guys on the flip side, Vision.